0: Mark, good, you know, uh, catching up. You know, a couple of uh, weeks back, I put a post on uh, asking people, you know, like, do you're doing all of these directives, do you have the skill set to do that? Uh, and, you know, judging from the responses that uh, I saw in that post, uh, I wanted to sort of to have a discussion about it and uh, I thought about who else but given, you know, you've gone through that journey. Uh, I've given you hard times on the investment company <laughs> questions. And you've seen so you know, uh, the good times and the tough times in some of these uh, investments. And then last week, you know, I was meeting also one of uh, my ex colleagues who does venture. And, you know, he quoted me an interesting statistics. He said, you know, a firm has like 40 to 50% of the investments go to zero. Uh, uh, but then you know the other ones uh, you know end up doing uh, yeah, great and that's how they have a good uh, uh, performance so uh you know i'm interested you know to, to 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 hear reviews and see if i'm missing something because i i see a lot of people that have a lot of interest in doing direct deals and we have a lot of people coming to our office and, and tell us okay we can show you direct deals response to them, you know, we only invest with a with, 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 with fund manager who's interest aligned and who can really do the nursing of a company in tough times. So what am I missing that, uh, uh, that these guys are you know, doing uh, uh, versus, you know, just maybe
1: they have not gone through the tough experience? Well, okay very valid question. Number one, you're not missing anything. Uh, What's happening here is you have an exuberance in the markets and people have had a long period of protracted good returns, which has given them the impression that everything is going to work out. Number one. So, you know, everything that people have bought over time has somehow managed to go up floating on a bed of liquidity. Uh, Number two, a lot of people haven't experienced uh, the so-called the proverbial donuts and you know from our experiences at attic we had a very good return but there were occasions when we actually lost money on transactions and people haven't experienced that so that's part of the the problem here number three the high valuations overall has forced people into if you will adjoining markets. So they went from buying equities to buying private private equity, right? Public markets, private equity, and then doing single transactions looking for greater yield. This, and this is a topic for another day, this is on the back of the Fed, right? They have injected enormous amounts of liquidity, as has the the BOJ, which kind of started this whole uh, movement, and, and the ECB. So people have been forced to more and more illiquid transactions. One off deals, idiosyncratic deals carry the most risk. And to your point, you need to be around people that are able to nurture and, you know, take care of these companies because they don't always work out. So you're not missing anything. And, and you know, when this thing comes to grinds to a halt, then you're going to find a lot of sand that's uh, floating around from these transactions. So help me out in this. I mean, so basically
0: basically we have private equity funds or venture capital funds who have historically been, you know, going out and buying businesses or funding new new startups. Uh, and the idea was that you know, uh, if you if uh, you could offer co-investments at no sort of cost, which becomes economical for the LPs. Then now came in this concept of uh, people saying, no, I don't want to invest in a fund. I want to be able to select which deals I do.
1: So let me stop you right there. This is a very important point. You you have the fund, which says, don't worry. One transaction, idiosyncratic transaction is not going to blow you up, right? Because you're going to have 10. Then they went and they came out and they said, okay, we'll let you co-invest with us mm-hmm. and you won't pay any fees. But at least you still had the cover of the fund, right? Because even if you invested in one of the transactions an extra amount, you still had the overall fund which could push on you. Now people are saying, I don't need the, the cover of the fund. In other words, the diversification of the fund. I'll pick the deal. And the logical question is why? How, are you in a position or why are you in a position to select the deal? Do you have that experience? And that's the key question. Do you have experience in picking deals? Because if you have that experience, that's great. But in order to get that experience, you must have made a lot of mistakes before. If you haven't made the mistakes, you're bound to make mistakes and you're going to learn the mistakes on either your portfolio or somebody else's portfolio. Actually, you know, this last point is the one that uh, very
0: much uh, uh, kind of uh, bothers me. I mean, you know, as you know, when uh, 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 when we were before looking at these sort of investments, we always ask ourselves the question is, you know, uh, some of these investments are long-term and uh, you have to have really a, a, a team and a culture inside the organization that is aligned to uh, stick around, to realize these, these, these investments versus the optionality. I do the investment. If, it, if it's good, then I take that upside. If it's not, then I, I walk away, and it's someone else's uh, uh, issue. So I think, you know, there is, as you said, there is, a, the, uh, there is a lack of appreciation of the alignment of interest. And I think also, you know, there is a lack of appreciation of what does it take to have a pool of investments looking at it as a portfolio versus one investment goes bad and everybody sort of gets upset. So I think, you know, uh, as I as earlier as as I alluded, you know, to the uh, venture venture uh, uh, funds, I mean, they they have a number that 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 go bad, but the overall fund performance is is great and and, and it's the allocation is managed this way. But then, you know, the, the the other the, the other question which I always sort of ask myself is if, if, if something goes wrong, do I have or the fund that I am invested in have the ability to manage through tough times? And I think this is a very important point I think at this at this juncture given the uh, uh, you know the risk of inflation, geopolitics and what have so i wonder you know just uh, uh, like you've managed these investments and 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 as you say you know we all go through, through the experience and we mature because we find out all of these things so if you were going to now structure something how would you do it
1: in terms of private investments or in terms of just a portfolio just in general uh, pr-
0: uh, yeah, uh you know yeah, private investments as in uh, as in, oh, okay. okay so you want to invest in private investments uh, okay. how would you do it okay well what
1: i would do is i would w- i would i would not do it on my own unless i had a group of seasoned colleagues with me number one okay uh, and if i had a you know if i had a team of people that would help me Then we would work as as a team, then I would, you know, look at it, set it up and we would look at, at co-investing. So I would reach out to my network and say, I'm here, this is what we're doing. We would like to co-invest with you, which means we're ready to pay you Mm -hmm. some fees to introduce us, but more importantly, we are not interested in you showing us deals. We want you to show us deals that you will invest in and you need some additional capital because I don't want to be with someone who is promoting a deal but has no essentially alignment to the transaction. So that's very important. So you need to have access to the right people who have the right deal flow. And then you have to co-invest with them. And then you have a team that will work with you because you're going to go you're going to have bumps in the road and the reason you, all this will happen is think about the valuations in the marketplace they're at historic highs especially in the US so in my mind there is a list of prerequisites that you need to meet before you invest the other thing is if you're a family office and I don't know if you're referring to a family office but if you're a family office and you're not used to losing money on individual transactions. You have to make sure that the principals can wrap their heads around donuts, zeros, right? So if they can't, then you should stay away from these kind of investments. You really should, or you should say, 10% of my portfolio is gonna be venture.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm gonna give that up. I'm not going to deal with that. The benefit is that you have professionals dealing with it. The downside is that you don't really learn that business and it might be part of your mo to learn a business but that's a different objective right you're trying to train your people or whatever the 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 family office is trying to achieve so uh, you set a number of criteria one of them is the right people so so can you elaborate more more well the the right people? people are first of all the people that you've worked with or that someone else has worked with right that have experience in the sector or in the type of investing that you're doing. Uh, and then you also have to motivate these people, which means you have to pay them to perform, and you have to give them points, as it were, as your investments do bad. You know, if the investments do well, they do very well. You want everyone on, on pulling in the same direction. You don't want people working for a salary. You want people working for the upside to make sure that they have their eye on making sure that everything is good with the investments.
0: Yeah, the other thing is, you know, the to me, to me, I, I go back is also the, the firm that is investing and showing in these sort of investments. The, you know, uh, what are the characteristics of such is such a firm? Because that is at the end of the day the most important thing in, in the sense that if something goes wrong. You are relying on them to really
1: to do the heavy lifting. Okay, well, step back into history and think about where all this started. Whether it was the Rothschilds or whether it was J.P. Morgan, that crowd of people originated investments, and they sat around a table, so to speak, and they said. I'm going to invest in this copper mine in chile i'm going to invest in railroads in america I'm going to invest in banking in eastern europe are you interested and essentially they brought in the people they knew right the people who trusted them and they trusted these people and they ultimately build these kind of operations where they originated deals they invested themselves and they brought in other people Eventually that whole business became professionalized, right? Mm-hmm. You have the large shops that we're all familiar with. That's what you, that's what you want. Be, these are institutions that whose sole purpose in life is to make investments that work out and who know that when the investments run into trouble, which invariably they do, they know how to take care of it. They don't panic. They don't get angry. They don't start shouting, right? They roll up their sleeves. They send in their people. They look for solutions, and they and they work collaboratively. Yeah. So, so I kind of, you know,
0: always I always say say to myself, you know, it's a, like, you know, me waking up suddenly and and reading an article or hearing from somebody about a business, then I like read about it and then I suddenly become that five minute expert.
1: Is not the same like somebody who's doing it. Absolutely. And I don't want to draw an analogy between what we do and a doctor, because it's obviously very different and the outcomes have to do with lives versus investments. But you you would never, you know, go to someone who hasn't been practicing medicine for 20 years and just say, hey, you know, can you solve this? Can you take care of my potential problem? Uh, It's the same way in investments. It doesn't mean that there aren't new concepts but it always in the investment arena the issues are the same you buy at the wrong price and then you have to figure out you have to write down something or you buy at the wrong price and you have too much leverage you know these are immutable sort of uh, uh, things that happen they always come back so you need to have
0: people that are seasoned hands uh, yeah, I think you know, like you highlighted this issue of, of buying at the wrong price. You're right. I mean, like we both lived the dot-com bubble, and there were new technologies that that came that came out. One of them is uh, Amazon. Uh, but initially, when people bought at the wrong at the wrong price, they suffered. And uh, later on, you know, when when, when the dust settled, at the right price, Amazon became you know. Uh, the successful Uh, i want to go back to you know because i'm uh, you know uh, i'm i'm very fixated on on you know uh, the 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 ability to handle something when 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 it's not doing what it's supposed to and so uh, you know uh, you highlighted about you know uh, being with a firm that has the right culture the seasoned uh, the seasoned team and mature enough to realize that, you know, there could be, there, there could be things that um, don't work out as, as expected or, uh, you know, or they start with what could go wrong. See, I think, you know, the, the, the assumption of what could go wrong in, in, in an investment or what we used to call continue to downside, downside case to stress testing the downside case. ensure that you know if something goes wrong you really don't uh, like it is within within the expectation Uh, you know that i think you know from from when i meet people i see a lack of appreciation of that that this in other words you know uh uh uh, so being cynical of what could go wrong Uh, versus just you know being overwhelmed by the performance that they see in the previous funds which also you know has really benefited from uh, uh, the up move in the stock market like uh, like as an example you know the S&P averaging uh, 13 percent over the past 12 years you know if you apply a a leverage on it you get you you get to a very attractive year return.
1: Yeah but you see Okay, that's what they call chasing returns. Okay, so you look backwards. So it's interesting to look backwards, but you you know, your portfolio has to live forwards. And number one, number two, you mentioned leverage. Yeah, leverage is great when things are going well. (laughs) When they're not, you know, you get a spanking and you get taken out very quickly. So people are looking at previous performance and extrapolating it into the future. Every time you've done that, it's been problematical, and, and we saw what happened. You know, 2000, to, to, You know, it, you know we, we saw what happened in two thousand, and what, what what happened to to the companies and to all the and, and to all the crazy sort of reckless things that, that were going on. And the beauty of the marketplace is that it flushes itself out periodically, and I think that's that's a cleansing process. So I think we're going through one of these phases now. When mean, you look at this, uh, the recent stock. That it was been talking about, uh Rivian, I think. And it was the first stock to you know that they're supposed to be building electric vehicles. And it was the first stock that has achieved a hundred billion dollar valuation with no revenues. No revenues, obviously no, no profits. Now, this company might actually execute wonderfully, and they might actually build everything to spec. But it doesn't mean that if you bought the stock today, you're going to make money on it. It doesn't mean that if you hold it for a year, if it goes down 30% or 40, you know, it, you'll lose money and then you'll have to decide if you're gonna hold it or you're gonna sell it and realize the loss. And this company might be might eventually be a great company, which is what you were talking about with, with what Amazon uh, went through various sort of iterations before it, it got to where it is. So that's, But when you come back to it, at the end of the day, the only free lunch in finance is diversification. And I think, you know, Ray Dalio always talks about diversity, the importance of diversification. And diversification is not just throwing things on a wall, whatever, anything that comes up. Or diversification is not saying I'm gonna find 10 deals that I like and, and buy them. You know, you have to be also sensitive to how do you systematically diversify a portfolio? Because if there's a tendency to do the same thing over and over again, even if you do ten of the same similar things, you haven't really diversified your portfolio. So this is something that's very important to a to a long term investor. And if you look again backwards at the returns and say this is going to continue, then you're making a mighty big leap of faith.
0: Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I have to say, you know, I mean, it's very refreshing. Uh, uh, to see all of these new technologies. And also I see that uh, 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 where usage is currently at Abu Dhabi Global market. you know, uh, these businesses who are looking to uh, do something in the region and also to tap into the uh, uh, capital. Uh, but I think, you know, by the same token, uh, 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 you know, having seen so sort of uh, what happens when there is a lot of money thrown uh, uh, around, as in valuation of global uh, global markets uh, makes one sort of want to really so sort of, uh, 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 you know look at as you said the the yeah, the valuation and also the value added that, that, that the technology uh, brings to to, to, a, to a society in general because this is where all this world is down to. Now I'm curious you know, to hear your perspective so we both spent our career on, on the people coming to visit us. Then, you know, so then I said I went out to, to actually do both sides you know, to, uh, uh, to share with uh, uh, investors what, what we're doing and, and, and have them sort of take a look at, at our way of the diversifying and maintaining economic balance. And at the same time, you know, uh, uh, meet will meet with all of that sort of uh, the investing crowd to see where are, where are the opportunities. You have, you know, where you were at the sovereign wealth fund, which was at the receiving end of all that money, then you went to the source of that money, which is Adnoc. And I see, you know, that Adnoc has also changed. Uh, 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 uh from obviously the source is still uh, still oil but but uh, looking beyond uh, uh, oil and now you are with our global market which is also uh going to, to to change of mindset to welcoming people to come and take advantage of the infrastructure and the opportunities in our part of the world which i think you know the, you know the region now is a sort of uh, in a way similar to, to Europe or, or, or the US, in a sense that somebody visiting the region had, can make a number of stops. Before it was a simple just you know, money raising versus now there are there, there are plenty of other, other, other activities. But I guess you know my question to you, so what does it take for a mindset now to be sitting where you are? So, versus being yeah. just somebody coming and visiting yeah. you to, 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 uh,
1: yeah. to, to discuss an investment. So when we were at Attic, or if you're at any sovereign wealth fund, people are coming to you and you're effectively writing a check, which means you can take time to think about it. And sometimes people will take too much time and frustrate the other side but effectively you're writing a check so people will be tolerant. It's the same way if you work at a large company and people will come to you because they're selling a service or a strategy or a product. So if you think about the arrows when you're describing a derivatives transaction, right? And it shows the arrows going left and right. The arrows are coming in. People are coming to you, bringing you a product, a service, an idea. That was ad, That's ADNOC. Um, but at ADGM, actually the shoe is on the other foot because you have people like yourself coming to us and saying, I'll come into your ecosystem because I realize the value, but you have to do A, B, C, D and E. In other words, you have to be prompt, you have to be efficient, you have to provide these services. So suddenly you've gone from being in a position where people are trying to get you to, you know, accept one of their services to you, you do doing the other thing. So it's a completely different mindset change, and it's important for us to respond to people like you in, in a very efficient and expeditious manner. So that's the fundamental difference because people can, as you said, I think you alluded to the fact people can come to the region and shop around. People can look around. There are other places they can go to. So for us, we have to be on top of the situation in terms of what people need and create viable ecosystems. People are coming in because they want to be in a particular place that confers benefits to them of being in that place. So you have to be constantly thinking about your clients as opposed to before you were thinking about whatever you were doing, you were buying a service or you were buying a portfolio, that was different. They were coming to you, so it's the exact opposite. So that's what I'm saying. It's the shoe, it's on the other foot.
0: Yeah, I think you know, uh, the, the, uh, uh, that, you know, being in that mindset is very promising because you really kind of now create a, a, a continuous sort of uh, ecosystem versus somebody just coming in, uh, visiting and then leaving, flying out yeah. with a briefcase and taking money. Yes, yeah. Again. Now, uh, now we really have you know this overall you know, uh, thing. In fact, you know, like for example, if if we're picking a servicer for for for, for a fund, we want to have a services who is who is actually next door. Exactly. Uh, uh, because that uh, that will that will, that would make it uh, the most sense versus somebody who's in a different time zone. Uh, uh, no, it's. Uh, 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 you know, the evolution, the evolution really of 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 markets uh, uh, has really sort of, like all the ESG talk and what have, you, has really also uh, pushed people to think beyond what they their conference which is really when the cre- creativity
1: sort of uh, uh, c- 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 comes out.
0: Good seeing you, Mark.
1: Great, always good talking mm-hmm. with you, Hashem.